When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hello, Tremendous listeners. This is Tracy C. Jones, and I am here with the Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we interview leaders from all ages and stages of life about what it takes to truly pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited to bring to you Joshua Trout. And Joshua P. Trout is the Chief Executive Officer of the Encompass Health Rehabilitation Hospital of Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. And prior to his current role, Joshua was the chief executive officer of a critical illness recovery hospital in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, which is our neck of the woods. Joshua has more than 10 years experience in hospital operations and business development. Joshua is a member of the American College of Healthcare Executives and currently has a seat on the board of directors for the American Heart Association of the Upstate and Down Syndrome Association of the Upstate. Joshua was an honoree of the 2020 40 Under 40 Award through Central Penn Business Journal and most recently named December 2021 recipient of South Carolina iHeartRadio's CEO You Should Know. Joshua, thank you so much for being a guest today. Hey, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to join you today. And I love the fact that we have that Central Pennsylvania connection. We absolutely do. And for our listeners out there, Joshua and I first connected on LinkedIn. You know how I love LinkedIn. And I saw he was right in my own backyard. I'm like, excellent, (laughs) excellent. But then he recently took an opportunity, which we're happy for Greenville. So now he's in South Kakalaki, as I would say. I love the weather in South. I was in central Pennsylvania. So I miss it there, but I'll take the warmer weather. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Joshua, I'm really here to hear your experience on leadership. And you have done quite a few things. We talked somewhat on the phone about your experiences. And I know you're going to have a wealth of information for our listeners. So let's really dive into the price of leadership. And my father gave this speech. This is probably the top speech he gave throughout his career. And he talks about the things that you're going to experience as a leader if you are truly going to be paying the price of leadership. And the first one was loneliness. And Joshua, we've all heard that, you know, it's lonely at the top. But can you unpack for us what does loneliness Need for you as a leader, maybe a time where you went through it, and how do you combat it? Yeah, absolutely. So before we get in, I just want to thank you for what you do. I think this is amazing, and you know, I love the fact that you're carrying on the legacy of your father and what he has done in his past. And I just can't thank you for doing that. And I think this is something that's needed in the world of leadership. So thanks for this opportunity. 
Loneliness. I tell you what, Tracy, this is something that I have talked about for, I'd probably say the last two years, that as I grew in my leadership roles, I started to notice that there is a sense of loneliness. One thing that I've shared with my leaders in the hospital and, and others is I noticed that you put so much of your time and energy into leading throughout the day, right? Being that counselor, being that support system for your employees, and you put so much of yourself into them that I've noticed the most loneliest portion of my day is the drive from the hospital. When you have that moment of just being alone mm. and you're kind of exhausted, right? Of what you've done throughout the day. And you have that moment to sit back and think about yourself, your needs, right? Your stressors. And that's really been like my loneliest portion of the day. Because I think you have that time to sit back and think about <laughs> what about those struggles that I'm going through. That's something I've really been working on thinking through that process on how do I get to share my needs with even my people, right? Yes. I think that we have taken the approach of leadership that we must be strong at all times and mm -hmm. that we, we are the ones to support all of those and kind of just true what our problems are and, and just swallow it, right? Where I think that what I have started to do is with my leadership team, I have some amazing leaders on my team that I am extremely blessed to have. I have been able to build that trust factor with them that I talk to them about my struggles, right? Things that I'm going through, not only at the workplace, but at home sometimes. You want to be careful with that, but sometimes it's good to get real, to know each other on a personal level. And that has seemed to really help me because not only do they listen to me and they give me some great advice, but we really learn from one another because you also learn through those conversations that even though... I'm the leader of them. They are the leaders of others in our hospital. And they actually have that struggle as well. Loneliness, I think that anybody that says they've never had the experience of loneliness as a leader, I find that very surprising. And if you haven't, kudos to you. But the statement of being lonely at the top is definitely spot on. Well, and I love the fact that you brought in, and it kind of is my whole thing about followers. As leaders, those co-leaders, that inner sanctum. You know, I think about Jesus and he had, you know, Peter, James and his inner circle. We've got a lot of other people, but you have to have, and yes, it can be in your workforce. I think sometimes we're so dichotomous about, well, like the military, the fraternization, we have to have the rules. And yeah, because you can only really have that co-leader, that symbiotic, where you can really share the most personal things with people on your team that are professionally and emotionally mature enough to handle it. Yeah. But hopefully as a leader is you're drawing that orb around you because at a moment's notice, we can get called away and may not be in that role anymore. Yeah. Bringing up biblical standpoint of things, I have been very fortunate to find a church down here that I have worked with some men's groups that had such a huge impact in my life in such a short period of time. One of the things that I was able to study was a man in his work and then also leadership values. And something that really was a new outlook on things when I was in these programs was that as a leader, God put us on this earth, right? To lead. And I think we look for the good, right? When we lead, we want to have all the accolades. We want people to have great outcomes and we want people to love you and look up to you. And while that's all true, and that is exciting, God says that if you're being a true leader, you should be exhausted at the end of the day. Absolutely. And if you're not exhausted, you're not doing it. Right. Well, you know, so that. when you're being a true leader, yeah, that is a perfect segue to the next <laughs> price of leadership, which is weariness. Like you said, if you're just sitting around drinking Mai Tais on the beach, I'm all for letting people working smarter, not harder, but 
there is going to be that element of weariness. So yes. how do you deal with that? And how do you, because as you said, yeah. your team looks to you, that strength. So how do you combat the leadership weariness? You know, to be honest with you, I think that how I am successful with that is that my faith in God, mm-hmm. right? I start my day with asking God to lead through me. And I want to provide my team with a sense of leadership that is with love and caring and support. And through that, I know now through these programs that I'm going to have those moments of weariness. I am going to be tired when I give 110% of myself to my staff. I think that knowing that, praying through that, when I have those moments where I feel like I'm being burnt out, I remove myself, put myself in my office and time out. And, you know, just have that moment of reflection and meditation and, and just praying for additional strength. That works for me. When I know that I'm doing the work that I feel God has put me on this earth to do, those weary moments, it makes it a lot easier to fight through it. Oh, absolutely. And, and the Sabbath, Shabbat, if you're watching The Chosen, mm-hmm. that's a very real thing that's been modeled for yeah. us. There are times where we have to just go off. Speaking of The Chosen, Jesus would go off just to be yeah. at peace, quiet for weariness. And you can be physically okay, but spiritually weary. I've often found too, if I'm putting my resources towards the wrong thing, it's almost like the Holy Spirit's kind of telling me, Tracy, no, this is pulling from you and you're, this is not go someplace else. So sometimes weariness kind of to me can be a thing like watch it or number two, stop spending your resources on that because you're not going to get the return that you need out of this. I think a lot of leaders, what you see is they withdraw, right? When they have those moments of weariness, they withdraw. Myself, I would tell you that the indicator of weariness for me is that I seem to, I'm a people person. I love to talk. I love to work with people. And when I feel myself kind of going into my shell and I start to quiet myself, I know that I'm reaching that line of my weariness. And you know that's when I remove myself. That's when I focus on rest. And I think a lot of people make assumptions about rest as being something that you have to take a vacation, right? And resting is literally maybe just taking 10, 15 minutes in your office. Again, just to meditate, to pray, recollect. There's times that I will pull up scripture or just even listen to a Christian song just to get kind of gathered again mentally. And that's my rest. That's my form of rest. Mm -hmm. And the strength that I get out of that to go right back out, even after just 15 minutes, it's extremely helpful. Well, I love when you said your weariness indicator, because your weariness indicator may be different than somebody else. Like most leaders at this stage, we can run at a pretty frenetic pace, but other people, it may be thing, but I like you, when I start, when my little hermit hat starts coming out, my little, Mm -hmm. when I want to go back in my show, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, it's not how we're coded to be. And I love it that you said that it's not necessarily taking a vacation because people are like, well, I have time or money to take a vacation. In the military, we used to take like a 10 minute nap, a power nap. That was all we needed to get right back in there. I love that you brought up. It can just be, if your body's telling you there's certain times during the day where I'm just like, I must close my eyes. I feel physical exhaustion. And I do, I'll just take a little nap and then I get back up. And so I love that you brought that up. And that's not just the workplace, right? That's in our everyday lives. I think that one thing I've learned too, is that we have looked at work as something that you're doing at work. But work consists of every portion of your life, working in your home place, working within your family, working Mm. within your children. No matter where you're at, you can have weariness. And having that moment just to reflect, find refuge in what God is doing in your life, it's going to make you refresh to go back out there and continue right where you left off. 
Beautiful. Really great insights, Joshua. Okay. Loneliness, weariness. The next thing my father talked about was abandonment and abandonment tends to have a negative connotation, you know, fear of abandonment. I'm in pet rescue. So abandonment's a definite no, no, but my father's yes. sense of abandonment was almost a hyper-focus in that we need to abandon what we like and want to think about in favor yeah. of what we ought and need to think yeah. about. So it's really this clarifying stop wasting time doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. How do you abandon, because you've got so many plates you're juggling, and I get this a lot with work-life balance. How do sure. you stay focused on what needs to stay focused on? It's not what I want. We have some leaders in the past, and I think you're starting to see that transition into servant leadership. Not just a fancy word to say anymore. It's actually happening. A lot of the leaders are now saying, hey, you know, this actually works. And what does that mean? That means your job is to serve others. My job in this hospital is to serve my people, bringing in everybody and knowing what our vision and our mission is for the company is for the hospital, but also understanding my leaders and my employees, what their vision and mission is from a personal level, right? I think that helps me to abandon my wants, my desires and keep my focus on them. What's the overall goal? What is the why behind my employees when they walk through these doors I want to be able to provide them with a safe and loving culture that they actually can't wait to get up and come through these doors. That's my piece. But I also want to know more about what their why. What's their why? Why do you come in here? What do you want to achieve when you walk into work? Take those pieces. And that takes extra time. And I think a lot of leaders have a lot on their plate. You just mentioned that. But I think if you're going to be a successful leader, you got to put your stressful schedule to the side at times and sit down with your people and get to know them, understand who they are and what makes them tick and why do they choose me. Why do they choose to come work for me? Collectively meet with our teams and bring up, and I write notes and talk about, Hey, you know, Susan likes this and Brian likes this and here's what they want to do. And I think that when you put that in, you talk about those things, not just once a year, not just in your leadership once a month, but a daily conversation we can learn from our people. Sometimes if we can just get out of our own way, we can learn from our own people. And part of that is, is putting your desires aside. That's how I've handled that piece. You know, quick story. When I was thinking about this, I remember there was a life-changing moment for me in my career. And I hate the fact that I can't remember her name, but she was a manager that came in when I was working as an account executive for a hospice agency. She was only there for about two months. But when she came in, she sat with me after about 30 days of working with me. She said, you know what? Here's where I think that your strengths are. Here's where your weaknesses are. And she goes, I think you're going to be an amazing leader. And I was all excited, right? I'm like, I can't wait. That's what I want to do. I want to be a leader. And she goes, but you're never going to do it. I said, okay, now I'm confused. And she says, you're too black and white. And I remember sitting there, Tracy, I was mad. I was, yeah, yeah. she's talking to me and I wasn't listening to Those it all. Those words. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm like, how dare you, right? As I sat there and I humbled myself, I said, oh my goodness, she's right. I am too black and white. And to this day, Tracy, I made changes immediately and she changed who I am. And I believe that I am where I am because of her, because of those fighting words, I call them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I humbled myself and I learned from it. So I think that when you're talking about abandonment, you have to remember it's not about you. It's about your people. Well, I never heard it said like that. Usually it's abandoning bad habits, negative thoughts, self-deprecating thoughts, putting down the baggage, but you abandon your ego. You were open. And I love the fact that 
she said something to you. But the other part I love even more is you were open to receive it. Maybe people had said that to you before, but you were in a position where you could hear it. And yeah, that's the absolutely. other thing with abandoning you. Dad would say you need to surround mm-hmm. yourself with people that will tell it to you straight and abandon. Absolutely. There's things we all are works in progress. And right. so I love that you brought that up. Uh, you have to humble yourself. Who doesn't like a praise, right? Who doesn't right. like being told you're the best? Awesome. Right. Thank you. That's not what I strive off of. I strive off of tell me where I could do better. Tell me right. my failures are. I do believe that you're the best of you comes out through your failures. To me, that's what I strive on. And that's abandoning your way of wanting to hear all the great things or people looking up to you as the man, right? The big guy. That's not what I want. I want to be at the same level as you. Obviously, I want you to respect me for my role. Right. But other than that, you and I are the same. We're here all to do the same thing. I love it. Well, somebody told me that in a podcast last week, they said pain's a portal. And it's like, and like you said, the best of you comes out through your failures. And there's just something about that because otherwise we can't read our label from the inside out. It takes somebody (laughs) and how awesome that she did say that to you. And I had a couple people for our listeners out there lock me up several times when I was a cadet, once as a young officer, a couple of things throughout my career where they just said something like, I see what you're trying to do. You have have great potential, but dot, dot, dot. And I was like, like you. Who are you? How dare you? But I'll tell you what, it really made an incredible change in my life. And I'm so thankful for it. It hurt. But if I would have gone on in my continued leadership style, it would have caused so much harm. So I was so thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope leaders can make that change, right? I would say the God complex. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard that before. You know, some people of power will say have the God complex and that might work for some. But I think the fact that if you really listen, listen to your people, they will tell you, they will tell you where you can get better. And believe it or not, if you listen and you make those changes and you humble yourself and you're vulnerable, I think a lot of leaders are afraid of being vulnerable, but vulnerability is the best thing I think that you could have as a leader to grow and change and then get buy-in from those that work under you. I love it. Okay. Loneliness, weariness, abandonment, Brilliant take on that, Joshua. I love how you abandon what you as a leader think. It's really all about meeting the needs of them. So I never heard it quite put that way. So thank you for that. And I have a PhD in leadership, so I've heard a thing or two. So really brilliant. Great, great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. welcome. Not bad for your first (laughs) podcast to drop a leadership university. Pretty darn good. Okay. (laughs) And the last one was vision. And my father would say, Tracy, because vision sounds very esoteric, very like Nostradamus. And he'd say like Warren Buffett, he's like, no, vision is just seeing what needs to be done and doing it. So my dad was always very pragmatic. He was very real, came from humble beginnings. So his thing was, that's what vision is. And most people will see it, they're able, but they're not willing. And, or they're like talking about it. But how do you, Joshua, what does vision mean for you? And how do you craft that vision? You've been in a lot of big organizations with a lot of different people. How do you craft that vision? And obviously you're in a new role. So they brought you on for your ability to move the mission forward. Share with me your thoughts on that. From a vision standpoint, it's important as a leader to understand the company's mission and vision, right? I think that that is the core of it all. We need to stay aligned with what the company's vision and mission is. I have always started off with that being the driving force. But again, kind of going back into my conversations about abandonment, it's about talking to your people, right? So, hey, here's the company's vision. Here's what my leader of this new hospital, what my vision is, where I'd love to see us go. But what's your vision? 
even when I talk about core values, some people might not like my approach, but it has worked for me. When I do my piece, I open up orientation for all my employees. I talk about our vision, our mission, and I talk about our core values. And then at the end of the conversation, I say to them, I want you all to take this time to think about what I just talked to you about, about our core values, about our mission, about our vision, and try to connect that to your personal core values, what your personal vision is, what your personal mission is. And if it doesn't align well with who we are, this might not be the best place for you. Absolutely. It's going to come out sooner or later. I tell people, pay me now or pay me later, because in leadership literature, it's Amen. called a value non-congruence. They, yes. Values are intrinsic, like your convictions to you. You don't change them. Okay. Yes. So they yeah. may be presenting that they're okay with it, but sooner or later, it's going to come out. So great insight that you let everybody know this is very serious and we want to make sure yeah. there's a value congruence. Absolutely. You know, and I've had two people in my lifetime walk out and I have also talked to them afterwards and helped them find a new job because yes. they still care about yes. them, Yes, you know, but if you don't align with what we want to do here, then this is not the best place for you. And that's just going to lead to disaster for us and for you. And again, our goal to be able to meet our vision and our mission is we all have to be on the same page and we have to love what we do, right? So once I get past that, that's where I get to talk to all my employees for on a one-to-one -one basis. And I do that with every employee. I have 175 employees and I've met with every single one of them. And, you know, who are you? What do you want to see happen in this hospital? And when you really, you know, again, I take those notes and I go back to my leadership team and say, here's what our people are saying. Some of those things might not align with what we want to do in this hospital, but what can we learn from them? Maybe there are a couple of things we never thought of, right? Or there may be things that we just physically can't do. And I'd let them know that I will always take your ideas right? But I might not be able to do it, but I can promise you that I will look into it. We will talk about it and see what we can pull out of that to make our hospital better. That's my take on vision. I think that it goes way more above the vision of the company and the vision of myself, right? Because who's doing the work? They are. Or they are, right? Yeah. Yes, I'm leading them, but I'm not successful. The company is not successful unless they're successful. Correct. And we have to get some type of buy-in from them to be able to be successful. And one of the things that I found most valuable is learning who they are, learning what their vision is while they're going to be employed with us. And guess what? That helps with retention. That helps with lowering turnover. When they feel like they have buy-in and they're actually saying, hey, these people listen to me. And I said a couple of things and I've seen those changes. Makes me feel great. I'm not going anywhere else. All right, Joshua. Okay, so we covered loneliness, weariness, abandonment. And I love that you talked about for vision. I love that you first unpacked Again, Robert Kelly's followership, are they all in? And if they're not there, you can't work with them on capability and hear them. It's yeah. like saying somebody's married, but they're not committed to the marriage. Well, then no amount of counseling or reading books or going on retreats is going to help because one person is not all in. So right. I love that you for leaders, this is the one thing I could tell my 30-year-old leadership self, it'd be, if they're not all in, we got to identify that right away. And again, somebody told me, okay embrace, but then integrate. And they cannot integrate the culture and the mission or be poured into or pour into you as a leader, which they're there to do too, unless they embrace what the company's doing. And that takes a great deal of authenticity and truth and monitoring because yeah. some people will think, well, I think I'm there, but then they find out they're not. So it's incumbent. I tell leaders, it's get followers who will be honest with you and say, you know what? I thought I was but now I'm not. That's okay. Yeah. There's millions yeah. of jobs out there. This is America. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get you Absolutely. in a good fit. 
but otherwise the shoe's going to pinch you and it's not a pleasant experience no, for you or anybody else. Okay. So loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Okay. So Joshua, anything else you have extensive, wonderful leadership experience, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that are building teams, working with teams, you're in a big organization, give it to us, give us some more of your personal. All right. Yeah. I can't get enough. So, you know, I've been working on, which you and I've talked about on writing a book in the near future and getting into coaching and also about just trying to talk about a new way of leadership. I do believe in servant leadership. You probably know better than anybody. There's a lot of leaders out there that say that again, because it makes them sound really good, but they don't live it. We need to live servant leadership. We need to serve our people. And what I have done with me trying to write a book and doing things differently is I've come up with some presentations and I present to my team on a monthly basis about leading through grace. We have to give our people some grace. Grace and mercy is not something that's earned necessarily, right? It's something that is just given to them because it is something that I choose to give them, right? People don't work for that, but it's what I can give them. And and what I've learned so many times throughout the history of leadership, hey, you know what? You have problems at home. I get it. But can you leave it at the door? Come into work, put a smile on your face do all these amazing things that we want you to do. And then you can pick up your door, you pick up your stuff at the door on the way home. That's just not to me the right approach. So I tell that to every one of my employees in orientation that there are HR policies, our HR things we got to be careful with on how we do certain things, obviously, but I don't want you to leave your stuff at the door. If you're going to come in to my workplace and I'm asking you to do all these things and you're struggling, come talk to me. Yes. My door is always open. Yes. I've had grown men. I have a grown women that have had full-blown meltdowns laying on my floor in my office crying, and I've gone on my knees with them, and I've talked through with them. And sometimes people just need to listen, right? Because they're not going to go out there and do these amazing things where you're going to have these great outcomes if they're not feeling it, if they don't believe in themselves, if they're struggling. So I think that we need to do as leaders is we need to provide servant leadership, but let's also focus on giving people grace right? Everybody has a story. It's not a one size fits all. So you do as a leader have to go out there and get on a one-to-one level with people and talk to them and mentor them and coach them and counsel them and ultimately let them know that you care about them. They're just not a number. They're not just an employee, but they're part of you, right? They're an extension of you. I tell my employees that I'm not the only CEO in this hospital. Each of you are CEOs of yourself. I need you to have ownership. If you have ownership, we're going to be successful. And when you're having those struggles, when you're having weariness, right? When you're having abandonment issues, whether inside the hospital or outside the hospital, I'm here for you. And I hope that you're here for me. Because again, being vulnerable, I let them know too. Guess what? I have problems off these side of these doors too. That's the approach I've taken. And I just think that, you know, servant leadership works. And I think if people can really cultivate a culture of giving our people some grace at times, it works. I'm living proof of it. My turnover is low. I have had great retention and people want to work for me. And it's because I love them. Sometimes it's okay to do that in the workplace. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't love not only what you're doing, but the people in there, you got to find someplace you can. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, Joshua. Well, Joshua, thank you so much for sharing that. Joshua, what's the best way for people to connect with you? I know you and I connected with LinkedIn, but I'm sure our leaders are definitely going to want to have you as an ear, as a sounding board, maybe even as a possible coach coming up. 
And can you share with them the best way to get in touch with you? I love the mentor. I love the coach. I've had to work myself from the bottom to the top, and I love to share those methods with others. So if anybody like to reach out to me, LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please feel free to reach out to me as well. And then I'll also provide you, Tracy, with an email that if anybody wants to go ahead and access that, feel free to email me as well. Okay. Thank you. So for our leaders out there, this is a leader you need to be in touch with. You guys connect with me and together, you know, a rope of three cords is not easily broken. We need to be there for one another because he's been there. You're not going to share anything with Joshua that he hasn't heard before. And it's just wonderful. Just what you've poured into me, Joshua. Thank you so much for being our guest. Well, thank you, Tracy. This has been an awesome experience and you made it very comfortable for my first podcast. So thank you for that. And I want to end it with this too. Thank you for your service. You guys have done amazing things for this country and I don't think you're told that enough. So thank you for what you've done for us. It's an honor, brother. Thank you so much. And to our tremendous listeners out there, if you like what you heard, you be sure and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a new episode. Also, we'd love it if you would give us the honor of a five-star rating and send us a comment. We answer all of our comments wherever you watch. Please be sure also to connect with Joshua on LinkedIn and also be sure and go over to TremendousLeadership.com. Sign up not only to stay on the list for our podcast, but our newsletters. And you can also sign up and get two weeks of free eBooks. What could be more tremendous than that? So to our leaders out there, thanks so much for paying the price of leadership. We're right there with you. We're here to support you. And thank you for being part of our tremendous tribe. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.